Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. It is Great Vision Sunday. Once a year, sometimes twice a year, we try to just form a, a, a little bit of a, a capstone for where we're headed, what we're responsible for specifically. You know, sometimes uh, one, of the, one of the pitfalls of church is sometimes you get in a rut in a routine and you start doing things out of programs and not out of revelation, not out of God said to do it. And so you, you, you run things till they run into the ground. And we've always been uh, from the very beginning, our, the name of our church in the beginning years was Spirit Life. And Spirit Life simply means that you're, um, that you're available to God and that you are listening and sensitive to God wherever you go, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And so we try to make sure that we're uh, leaning in. That's why we wait till February 1st because January we've had our eight or 10 days of prayer, whatever we do, sometimes based on the calendar. Um, and so whatever we're doing, we're wanting to make sure the beginning of February, we're kind of laying it out. What are we responsible for? You know, sometimes we, we don't ask God we just go along with our little goals and our resolutions and our stuff. And what we like to do here is say, God, what do you want? What, what's, what's, what are we responsible for this year? Those are the things, you know, where you're responsible, you have authority. Where you have responsibility and authority, they go hand in hand. A lot of times we, we take authority in areas we don't have responsibility and that creates an out of balance and opens up for Jezebel and all kinds of stuff. But if you, if you take authority where you have responsibility, there's, there's a merger there that God moves in and through and makes it strong. Are you here? Are you awake? Yes. Okay, so we're gonna uh, begin a new theme for this month called Unmistakably Unshakable. And that's part of the vision of what the Lord, I believe the Lord is saying for 2023 for us. Let's get right into it. Hebrews chapter 12 from the message says this in verse 27. The phrase, one last shaking, means a thorough house cleaning, getting rid of all the historical and religious junk so that the unshakable essentials stand clear and uncluttered. Do you see what we've got? An unshakable kingdom. And do you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming with worship, deeply reverent before God, for God is not an indifferent bystander. Love that. He's actively cleaning his house, cleaning house torching all that needs to burn, and he won't quit until it's all cleansed, for God himself is fire. You know, we seem to be in a spiritual barbecue season right now, where God is roasting the religious sacred cows. And I am pleased with that. <clears throat> I don't, we, we don't want to worship sacred cows, amen? We don't want to bow to something just because we've done it forever. Well, this is how we've always done it. Well, then it's time to change. Amen? Want to weave in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, which kind of seems like an oxymoron, but it's actually kingdom thinking. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. 
Uh, when I saw the Lord about this year, I really felt like one of the words is steadfast. The word steadfast means resolute, firm, and unwavering. I thought of steady fast. Get steady on your feet, quickly back on your feet. Get steady fast. No matter what's going on, no matter what's happening, <clears throat> become steady fast. Let's pray one more time. Father, would you come and move in this time in the spirit of wisdom, in the spirit of revelation. Lord, inspire us with your truth and help us to know and see things of where we're headed for this year, things that are on your heart, not in our programs. In Jesus' name, amen. So this month I call unmistakably unshakable. And kind of the tag on that is this, becoming relentlessly resilient. Relentlessly resilient. Please stop making excuses about why you can't become spiritually strong. You ever met people who kind of hide behind, you know, well, I'm a baby Christian. Well, you've been, you've been saved 20 years. Come on, it's, you know, it's time to grow up. Well, why are you a baby Christian? And we, we got people who get saved and they pass by people who've been saved for decades because of their hunger, because of their thirst, because of their desire for God, because of them allowing the Holy Spirit to make them flexible and pliable, resilient in every season. If we've learned anything from the last few years, it's that we don't know exactly what tomorrow holds. Thus the sweatshirt. We don't know what tomorrow has. All we have is right now. And so in these moments, we have to rise to every challenge. I love Ephesians 3, verse 16, 17 from the message says this. Paul, this is one of the prayers of Paul in, in Ephesians. He said, I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. And I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on agape, on love, on his love. My friends, the times we live in demand a certain kind of a grit, a certain inner toughness. And that's what I believe God is calling us to this year, to not become addicted to forms or formulas, but be addicted to his presence, addicted to his word and his power. You know, the word says that we all have a choice. We can allow ourselves to be weak in the Lord or we can be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. That's what Ephesians said. We can be strong in him. We can choose to be strong in God by grace through faith, by what we sang about a few moments ago, God dependence. Lord, it's not about me. It's not about me white knuckling it in every season, just trying to make it through just trying to get through it. It's, it's, it's about seeing something bigger, seeing something of a bigger work of what you wanna do in and through us. And remember, it, it's a kingdom work of the Holy Spirit in you. It's a kingdom work. Hebrews 12 in our text says, we, have an, we live in an unshakable kingdom. This world is, is crazy, it's nuts. It, you know, it's, it's chasing you know, balloons from China. It's, it's, it's flowing with this and floating with that. It's 
What are we going to do today? We're going to shoot down a balloon. Oh, what are we going to do today? Oh, it's gonna... No, but our God knows the big picture. He sees it all. And so his kingdom transcends everything going on in the crazy world. And so I felt like God is calling us back to some basic principles and precepts of his kingdom. You know, the kingdom of God, according to Romans, is not a bunch of rules and regulations, but it's righteousness, right standing with God, peace, peace in your heart and your mind, and joy in the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Spirit. That's what the kingdom is. And when we align ourselves with the Lord, we discover that the kingdom is unshakable because our king is unshakable. A kingdom requires a king. And a kingdom, the kingdom of God, requires that we get off the throne of our own hearts, that we surrender and submit to the lordship of Jesus, not just on Sundays when we come to church, but we surrender to the lordship of Jesus at all times, at all places, in everything. Now, some of you, you, you know, in this, uh, you know, it's like preaching in 2023 is like walking over a pool of piranhas. You know, it's, it, if you say one thing, people are gonna go crazy. If you say the other thing, they're gonna go crazy. If you don't say anything, they're gonna go crazy. So I'm just gonna tell you, just, I, I like to be open and transparent and let the, let, let the chips fall where they may, okay? If, if you don't like this, it doesn't matter. I took my family to Disney on Thursday. So, so for some people, that's a, no, for some, you don't have to clap. I'm not looking for, you know, you know, the wave or anything else. I'm just, I'm telling you for a reason. So some people right now are want to, you know, want to boycott Mickey. And, and I've had, and I've called him a rat myself because of all the, you know, the junk that's going on. But here's the problem, folks. The word says that we're not to retreat into our own little worlds, but we're to go into all the world, you know, all the world and carry the light. Listen, if, if, if the, if the church of Jesus stops going to places because we want to boycott everything and protest everything. I remember somebody telling me years ago, oh, you know, you can't use your visa card anymore because visa supports this and that and the other. Uh, oh, and you can't use your American Express. Well, folks, I travel the world. If I can't travel with a visa and American Express, I can't travel. You can't even rent a car with cash anymore. You haven't been able to for 20, 30 years. Anyway, people get crazy on it. I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna tell you a little story because our family, my son-in-law is gonna be 40 in a few weeks. And so we asked him what he wanted for his birthday and all he wanted, we haven't been as a family to Disney in probably five or six years. And so that means the eight-year-olds, the, the two of our grandkids are eight and they, they don't even remember it. I mean, so the, you know, they, 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 they were three. And so when we all went together before. So, so now, you know, we're okay, we'll, we'll find a way to go. We'll have to borrow money from the bank probably to go to Disney today. It's, <laughs> it's hardly accessible for the middle class anymore. But we decided to go, okay? Now, we did all we could do. We, we, we did Magic Kingdom. And we went from, you know, morning until we, we closed it down after Thunder Mountain at 10 o'clock. We closed it down. Now... Right before we left, Kylan, the baby of the family, two and a half years old, she'd never been, obviously, and she got, you know, we, we, we want to make sure she got her Minnie Mouse ears. And then when we went to that store, right on Main Street there, they had 
the uh, place where you can meet Mickey. And since the fireworks had just gotten over, there wasn't a line. So we got in the line to let her see Mickey Mouse. And she was really cool with him. In fact, she did, you know, everybody's got different personalities in our family, but everybody, most everybody's got a little bit, you know, outgoing. Uh, some people, you know, noses run in their families. In our family, mouths run. Anyway, so, <clears throat> so Kylan walked up to Mickey and said, hi, pal, and, and did an impression of him to Mickey, which was really cool. But anyway, before we, got, before we got up to him, the family that was there before us walked up and within a few seconds, we kind of realized that the little boy was deaf and had hearing aids in. And as soon as Mickey realized it, Mickey began to sign with him and tell him how beautiful he was. And I almost lost it. You know, we're so much in this world now about, <coughs> excuse me, quick judgments. And I'm not, I'm not glorifying Mickey. I'm saying to you though, the humanity, the humanity of a kid with a giant mouse that knows sign language. Who knew? I bet you not all the Mickeys know sign language. Maybe they do. I don't. Maybe it's part of their training. I don't know. But that touched my heart. Why? Because we're not just going through the motions. We're carriers of God's power, yes, but we're also carriers of his love. That means we gotta be resilient enough to flow in times when we're uncomfortable or to go be the light when everybody else says, let's retreat. To go into all the world is, is to go to the nations, yes, but it's also to go to the nations in Epcot Center, maybe, or something like that. You know, there, there's, there's so many people that have created these concentric circles that, they, that they're backing away out of the world because the world, it's so dark, it's so dark, it's so dark. And it is dark, but it's gonna get darker if you and I retreat into a little hole somewhere and, and, and we're coming to church to hide out from the big bad wolf or the big bad world. Greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. I'm sorry to dash some of your theology. Yes, we're to come apart and be unstained, but that doesn't mean being away from lost people. We are the influencers. If we don't show up with the light, then the darkness wins. When we align our lives with the Lord, I say it again, we discover that the kingdom is unshakable because our king is unshakable. He's unstoppable. Luke 17, 20 says this. Now, when Jesus was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God doesn't come with observation. Nor will they say, see here, see there. For indeed, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. We carry the kingdom of God into the magic kingdom. What do you do with the kingdom? 
Because it's not about just coming to church where we manifest the kingdom. Jesus said, wherever you go, tell him today the kingdom of God has come near to you. Why? Because you're there. Because you love him. Because you allow his spirit to move in you and through you. Seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. What things? Everything you need. Every resource. Colossians says that we have been we have been delivered from the kingdoms of darkness and we have been conveyed into the kingdom of the son of his dear love. I'm not gonna go through my whole message on the kingdom, but the bottom line is we have been, we've already been delivered. We've already been set free from it and now we're here to set others free. Not by preaching at them, but by going and being who God made us to be and being available to say whatever he wants to say Whenever he wants to say it, do whatever he wants to do. It's, it's by smiles, it's by love, it's by compassion. Sometimes it's by the casting out of a demon. Sometimes it's by holding on to somebody. When we've had altar calls the last couple weeks on different things, part of what God spoke to my heart to do with some is just get, they just need to be held. Last week when we dealt with the whole thing about um, the spirit of adoption for people who've been through rejection and abandonment issues, First service was powerful. Second service, we had a little more freedom to have people. They came up to the front. I, I don't know, 20, 25 people were up here. And I just had to help with some of the ladies to just come and just hold on to some of these girls, some of these ladies up here. Just grab them. The kingdom can hug and remove darkness. The kingdom can be spoken. The kingdom can be expressed. But we've already been conveyed. We've already been transported. We've already been moved from one kingdom to the other kingdom. If you're frustrated with your Christian life or your spiritual life right now, it's because maybe you're still trying to live in this darkness kind of a thing, in the knowledge of good and evil, instead of the tree of the knowledge of life. The tree of life is more powerful than the tree of knowledge. The problem is we want to figure everything out. Well, if they did this and, you know, the, if, if, if Disney is supporting the alphabet people, then we can't support Disney. I'm out. That's the easy way. But what's, what, are you going to, what are you going to cancel next? What are you going to do next? Because, because there's, you know, it's all around us. And the Bible even tells us it's going to be all around us. But we're carriers of a different spirit. We're carriers of a flow of God. You do what you want to do with your family. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bowing at the feet of Disney, but I will tell you this. Walt Disney didn't stand for all that garbage. Walt didn't stand for that. So we got to get past all that stuff. The kingdom of God doesn't manifest through intellectual discussions. Jesus said it doesn't come with observation. You can't point it there, and it doesn't come by lots of talking. I've been in meetings at times with other pastors or apostolic leaders, and they just want to talk everything to death. They just want to, cur- let's curse the darkness. Yeah, okay, let's, let's issue a paper and a proclamation that we're cursing the darkness. Okay, well, issue, the, issue the proclamation. You, you make a whole scroll if you want to. But does it change anything? 
changes the world, what, what turns the world right side up again from being upside down is when we show up and carry his love and his power together. The kingdom of God. Paul wrote the kingdom of God is not in word or talk, but in power. And Jesus said, it's within you. Now I want to shift gears here for a little bit because as I've prayed and prepared for Vision Sunday 2023, it's weird. I kept being reminded of an old movie. A great story, not a Bible story, but a familiar story to most people. And if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. The story of Rocky Balboa, Rocky One. A guy just trying to find his way in the world. I watched it again this week. I forwarded through a little bit of it because it's two hours. But this movie is almost 48 years old. I'm 47 years old. It's crazy. Crazy to me. I saw it when I was a teenager and came out. It was the first movie I came out like ready to hit something. Like ready. Like, like I came out so excited. I remember I was probably 15. And I came out of that movie like jazzed. I was, I mean, like, wow. I felt patriotic. I felt, I felt excited. I, I, I just felt, I felt inspired. When I watched it, I was, I was actually kind of surprised in watching it back that almost half the movie is actually painting how dark his life was. I mean, there are other movies, Rocky II, I mean, it gets even better, really. But, but in the first Rocky movie, <clears throat> I, I, you're, you're getting to know this character, and you're getting to know how poor he is, how he's eking out of existence, how people consider him kind of a bum uh, in the boxing world, but he's, he's, he's accepted by the people in the neighborhood, and then he's, you know, threatening to break people's thumbs, you know, for a local gangster to make 20 bucks. He's just kind of going through, but he's looking for something more. And so the whole, I was kind of surprised that the whole first half and beyond really of the movie is, is, is showing you why you should like this guy. Because in the middle of all this bad stuff, he's helping drunk people to get off the street and he's uh, giving advice to kids and helping them to get off the street, different things. So you see this guy's big heart. And then all of a sudden he gets this opportunity. I would call it a sudden and epic reversal. He gets an opportunity for more. He gets a shot at boxing for the heavyweight championship of the world. Many of you know the story. <clears throat> Apollo Creed comes in and doesn't prepare much because he thinks this is gonna be an easy, you know, walk in the park. He thinks it's gonna be an exhibition. This is... By the way, this was um, the 200th birthday of America, 1976. So those of us that lived during the bicentennial was a big deal. It reminded me, we're only like a, three years away or so from the 250th birthday of our nation. May we be a united state for that. Amen? Anyway, the movie, this hopeless boxer bum has this turning point and part of the turning point happens 
when he falls in love. And I love a couple of the, the lines in there that always remind me, you know, uh, Adrian, his, his girlfriend's uh, brother is a real jerk. And he says, what do you see in her? And he said, hey, Rocky says, gaps. So what do you mean gaps? He said, she got gaps, I got gaps. We fill the gaps. <laughs> and I thought of how many people in this world right now have a gap, a gaping hole inside their heart, looking for something or someone to fill that space that only Jesus can fill. But that turning point happens when he falls in love. And then he starts training. And the people that used him, you know, the people that used him and abused him, the, uh, some of you might remember Burgess Meredith. He was the penguin in the old Batman series. That's what I remember. He was like, like you know, a little quacking penguin. Sorry, I don't do great impressions like my granddaughter Kylan does. <laughs> but there's this turning point when Mickey, the trainer that messed him up, actually comes and asks him if he can be his manager. And he's hinting around for a little while and Rocky's getting upset because he had taken away his locker. It's a whole deal. And suddenly when these guys connect, Rocky starts to believe, not that he can win, but that he can last. No one has ever gone the distance with Apollo Creed. No one has ever made it through the 12 rounds. And that's his goal. Relentless resilience. If he can be standing on the other end, he wins. Even if he loses the fight. My gosh, that's a lesson for all of us. It's about heart. It's about endurance and toughness to stand toe to toe with all the stuff that looks like it's gonna take you out. Rocky's goal is to be standing tall at the end is what he tells Adrian. And that's when he yells the yo Adrian at the end because he's, he's made it through and he's probably broken a few of Apollo Creed's ribs. The fight scenes are unbelievable and so great. And what I believe God is speaking to us for 2023 is this, finish strong, finish well with this building. Our God is a great finisher. He's known as the author and finisher of our faith. I love Philippians 1.6, being confident in this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Our God is a finisher. Now, you might not understand this, especially if you've only been in this church for a few months or a few years, but I feel like I've been pregnant with a new building for 20 years. I know I'm showing. <clears throat> it's hard, it's difficult, but we're near delivery. The legacy building will mark a huge milestone in the life of now church, but it will not be the moment we've arrived. 
We've never been a church overly obsessed with building cathedrals for God because we're about building people's lives, seeing them transformed. May we be resilient and flexible and pliable enough to be able to be representing the kingdom of God and yet still be able to relate with that child to welcome that new person coming in, to smile to somebody who's nervous, just kind of coming in off the street. This place with this new building is going to be filled with unchurched people as well as church people. Because it's not a, there's not a bunch of crosses and religious symbols on the building. We're specifically making it that way. We can put whatever we want on the screens and all the technology, and we will and we do. But it's not about symbolism. It's about connection with God in a real way. It's about connecting people in authentic relationship with Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is a year of completion. It's harvest time. It's a time of sudden epic reversals. But I want to remind you, while we're building this building, we're doing it for a reason so the Lord can continue to build his church. That's not the church. That's not the church. We, the people involved in the vision, are the church. And the people that are out there on the street, the people with the gaping holes in their hearts that don't know Jesus or maybe they had known him, but he's not a, a, an active part of their lives because of their choices. It's time. <clears throat> it's time for a new day. It may not seem very spiritual to you, but people need to feel there is room for them and for their families. We haven't had space in this building in 15 years. Children and youth need creative spaces. They need spaces. Last Sunday, after second service, by the way, you know, I, I kind of slip through the back and, and wash my hands and go through and go try to talk to y'all and be with you after church, but sometimes I go through the nursery. <clears throat> I went through the nursery last Sunday after second service, and there were like 11 kids, second service, alone, <clears throat> pardon me, just in the babies and toddlers. And for the first time, I looked at them and thought, oh, they're going to be in our three- and four-year-old new classroom over here pretty soon. Hey, kids, guess what? We're building for you. We got, we got age. We got spaces for ages we've never had spaces for before. There's a big three- and four-year-old classroom over there right next to it a big five and six-year-old classroom, which is going to be kindergarten first graders. That's going to give us more space on the other side of this building for children's church to grow, second through fifth grade. I was showing a friend the new building a few weeks ago and just walking him through. And he said to me, when we were about to leave, he said, can I tell you something? I said, sure. He said, I got to be honest with you. When I came and you showed me this nice lobby, I thought you were going to take me back and show off this big new sanctuary, this big new auditorium, and you're going to like, look at this. 
And he said, I, we walked down the hall and you show me classrooms. You show me a big banquet room. You show me a, a big kitchen. You show me a, a lounge for your volunteers. You show me a space for your staff and a conference room. He said, I, I came expecting you to show off. But instead, I saw your heart. And it touched me because we're just doing what God said to do next. But it is our heart. We're not trying to build grand cathedrals. We're trying to build people's lives. That's the kingdom of God. We love the next generation. And this new building is for them. It's not just for us older people. <laughs> I had to buy a, a ticket the other day. Two weeks from today, I'll be preaching in London. Three weeks from today, I'll be preaching in Bratislava, Slovakia. And I had to get a, a train ticket online this week. And they said, are you a senior? <laughs> and I went to check, no. And then the next thing came up and said, what is your age? And I checked 61 and it came back, you are a senior. <laughs> and then they gave me a discount <laughs> and I accepted it. I wasn't even reluctant. I said, thank you. <laughs> Time is moving. But the next new generation is rising up now and they need God and they need vision and they need compassion, but they also need truth. They need the word of God. <clears throat> this new building is for them. It's for you. Final, finally, this framing our year, just some points of emphasis in my spirit for 2023. I got the acrostic cusp, C-U-S-P. A cusp is a point of transition between two different conditions or states. So I didn't look for that, but that's what this word. The Lord gave me four thoughts, four things of points of emphasis for 2023. One I've already mentioned. Number one, connection. Building authentic relationships. Not pat on the back society. How are you, brother? I'm fine, sister. How are you? Well, I'm blessed and highly favored. I want you to have a great testimony, but we're not gonna fake it till we make it. This is a place where we can get real. It's a place, listen, in, in this new building, there's gonna be, a, there are gonna be places for small groups all over that new building. Several small groups will be able to meet at different times in just the lobby space alone. We're gonna, we're gonna have more time to be able to sit and connect in that way. Authentic relationships. My friends, we live in the most disconnected and disjointed, disjointed society in many generations. And church needs to improve it. It needs to change it. We need to change it. The women's ministry, this year all about connections. They have Generations Bible Study starts this week on Thursday. And instead, they did a few months ago on the morning for people that were, that were free in the daytime. This is free in the evening. And so starts at what time this Thursday? Seven. Seven. Terry Dalton knows. That's good. So 
Generations Bible said they're going to continue the girl, girls' nights out events and a let's do lunch kind of a thing of where you just get together to, to fellowship, to be together. There are new opportunities in legacy building to really get to know each other before and after services. <clears throat> We've always been trying the last few years to build what I call a lingering culture. An atmosphere, you know, when God shows up, people are in this, you know, when the, the, the stronger the presence of God or the stronger the word comes forth, the more sometimes people like to just hang out close to his presence. The problem is we haven't, we've had no lobby space for all these years. So we walk out to try to hang out together and we either are sweating like crazy or it's freezing and raining. We're gonna have space. People connect in our society <clears throat> over coffee, over hot chocolate, over being together, the food, the cafe, the kitchen, the now crew lounge. It's all about lingering culture. Number one, God says, be responsible, focus on connection. Number two, unity, unity. Agreement in the spirit attracts fresh anointing. You want more of the presence of God? Stay in agreement on the important things. If you have an opinion on Disney, I don't know why I keep coming back to that, but that's fine. Keep your opinion to yourself. You can boycott, you could boycott everything and live in a box. It's fine with me. But don't bring that mindset in here because that's not who we are. That's not what we're trying to do as a body. We're trying to win people, reach people. Agreement in the spirit tracks fresh anointing. So as we began this past, this past Wednesday, <clears throat> we're gonna have the first Wednesday of each month First Wednesday is going to be a worship and prayer night. It's going to be worship and prayer together to create an atmosphere where all things are possible when we believe together. Uniting around prayer, uniting around worship and praise. So it's a bigger deal that you come. We were doing Sunday nights last year and it was mostly just prayer like we did in the eight days of prayer. Sometimes, it's, listen, you have to be able to pray when there's no atmosphere too. But as a corporate body, we want to build an atmosphere where God can move, where he can speak, where he can flow, whatever he wants to do. Unity, agreement in the spirit attracts fresh anointing. We're responsible 2023 for a new measure of unity and agreement. Say amen. amen. Number three, S is spiritual growth. That's one of our core values as well. Learning the word together, serving together, flowing in the Holy Spirit together. You know, in Acts chapter two, they gathered together in one accord. That's what we want. We want to, when we're here, let's be in agreement. Don't be an outsider. If, you're, if you've been here for more than the three-week challenge and you're still outside, maybe you need to smile at somebody too. Maybe you can be the first one to say hello. Maybe you can, the Bible says, he who has friends must first be friendly. So get here and stop acting so prickly and start talking to somebody. You know, you know how to talk to somebody? Hi, <laughs> hello, or like Kylan did, hi, pal. <laughs> Just begin. Spiritual growth. I was talking with somebody last week. Gordon Lindsay said this great statement, all word, dry up. All spirit, blow up. All word and spirit, grow up. When we have the truth of the word and the, and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we will see great things and we will grow spiritually to the next level. Finally, the number four word is purpose, cusp. Connection, unity, spiritual growth, and purpose. 
My friends, we have a shared mission to reach, help, and heal others. That's our mission. That's our mission. Over here, building a relevant, creative church, empowering people to reach others, reach other people. Who are other people? Anybody that's not reached. Others. They tried to hold Jesus in one, where, where in his hometown, and he wouldn't have it. He said, no, I must preach to others also. He had to resist that, just stick there, us four and no more. No, we gotta get out there. We gotta minister. We gotta release. We gotta move with people. Men's ministry is shifting this year with Pastor Chris. Please pray for Pastor Chris. He is working so hard. He has kind of become our de facto foreman of the job. And he, he, that's not, he knows how to do it. That's why he's wound up being the coordinator of a lot of stuff and helping all the volunteer stuff. He's doing so much more. We thought in the fall, what he did, we're gonna pull wires. Oh, great, that's gonna be a big help. Thank you so much. The pulling wires, they've pulled them now into fixtures and, and putting them somewhere. And they're helping to do a lot of stuff we didn't think they'd do. Pastor Chris has been carrying a lot of that. If I'm pregnant with the vision, he's, he's, he's the long-term midwife, okay? So he's, <clears throat> he's getting frustrated at times. So pull this building out of me. Get it out. Help. Please pray for Pastor Chris. Now, now let's, yes, give it up for Pastor Chris Hayes. He is a champion of champions, but he's been carrying a lot of this. Um, I just want to say to you, I don't know. You know, I told you the last few months, we would be in for Vision Sunday, which is what they told me. Can I tell you that uh, the, the contractor told, us, told me we would be in by Christmas last year. So I said, I'll pad that and tell the people, Vision Sunday. And here we are. Still going, works. A lot of stuff happening this week. We'll show you pictures next week of some really cool things happening inside. Whether we'll be in to do the big March 12th thing right now, I don't know. But I'm not telling the contractors that. They need to get it done. I'm just telling our team, it's not on you. We'll get in. When, when God's ready, we'll be in. I'm not going to put artificial limitations or boundaries on God. He's God, right? So it's time to develop resistance, relentless resilience. Uh, Pastor Chris, men's ministry is shifting from MVF, which is what's been called men versus food, guys getting together and eating. That's awesome. Yay. But he's changed it this year. He said, we talked about it last year. It's called MVP, men of vision and purpose. And he's getting the men together. But out of that togetherness, they're going to have different things they can do practically to help people in the body and in the community. And so that's a great thing. Give it up for Pastor Chris one more time. <clears throat> I'm done. It's time to develop relentless resilience. Be strong where you need to be strong and be flexible where you need to be flexible because you are unmistakably unshakable with Jesus in your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. Holy Spirit, would you come and move in this place? 
Lord, thank you for telling us what you want us to do this year, what you want our point of em- points of emphasis to be. We're so grateful for a God whose yoke is easy and whose burden is light, and yet a God that loves us enough to want to keep us moving forward. You said that those who know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Lord, let us accomplish much this year, but let us do it because of what you're doing in us, for us, and through us. Jesus, I ask you to reveal yourself in this place. I call and I speak now to every backslidden heart, every heart that's been filled with all these distractions and all the stuff going on in the world. Whether you're in the room or watching us online, I speak to that heart that's become hardened through all this junk happening. We release life. We speak life to you. We speak refreshing to you and blessing to you. We, God loves you. He wants you to, do, to move forward in relationship with him, not having a whole bunch of demands on yourself. It's not about keeping the law. It's about working his grace and receiving that free gift. If you're here today, you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that's the beginning, my friend. That's the beginning. That's the first thing. To fill that first gap, that main gap, right there on the inside of you, to fill that gap by saying, Jesus, come into my heart. Change me. Forgive me. Help me to live for you. And if you pray that prayer, he's gonna meet you right where you are. It's going to come into your life and you can grow in him and move in him. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you.